a code rent for humanity, curb emissions and dramatically reduce consumption or face a world that is fundamentally different. When Kermit the Frog sang, it's not easy being green. I want you to know that he was wrong. He was wrong. There is no planet B. There is no planet blah. Blah, 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 blah. It is unequivocal that human activities are responsible for climate change. If unprecedented changes are not made and made soon, there will be irreversible damage to the planet. Zero carbon. He's tall. Hello and welcome to Zero Carbonista, Series 3, The Sky's the Limit. I'm Ian Collins, and for those who follow even the surface areas of the news agenda, you will be more than aware that we're currently living in fairly precarious times. More on that shortly, but it has to be said that this podcast stops for nothing when it comes to the league table of what's really important, the area of the environment and green issues are firmly and irredeemably at the top. The man with the big map and the pointy stick coordinating where we need to advance and what should be put into reverse is the green entrepreneur and environmentalist Dale Vince, who's live at Forest Green Stadium this morning. Dale, good morning. (laughs) I'm live and loving it. These intros, Ian. Yeah. There's a military template, I thought, to this. And, and, you know, we are on manoeuvres constantly with this podcast. (laughs) I don't know what to say. There is nothing to say other other than the the events that form the backdrop of all of our lives at the moment, Russia, Ukraine, and what is happening, of course, has a massive effect on the energy market. Yeah, of course, it's just another factor, really, isn't it? I mean, we've we've been living in this crisis since September, and uh, it's had like uh, multiple factors at the root of it, which created that perfect storm back in September, and. This is a new element of it. I mean, there's been a degree of anxiety around Ukraine in the energy crisis for a few months now. Now, of course, it's come real. So we're seeing prices spike again. But, you know, we're kind of, um, I would say, to a degree hardened to this now. There have been 30 exits from the energy market, broken companies, broken by government policy, and there are 18 left standing. And, And I think the people left standing are pretty robust now, and I'd be surprised if we saw more than two or three left to exit the market anytime soon. Wow. Uh, what is it then that uh, keeps seeing these headlines? Uh, cost of energy is going to go up. It's 3000 a year. It's 4000 whatever. The, these horrendous figures, which for a lot of households are, are just you know, impossible to meet. And this is a, a clearly worrying time. What is it, bearing in mind we are not reliant on Russian gas in this country, but there is obviously a factor, a component that feeds into it. Why would what is happening there affect what is happening here? The problem is that we allow global energy markets, which is just another commodity market, to set the price of energy in our country. So even though 50% of our gas comes from our North Sea, we allow global markets to set the price. And these markets are, are driven by speculators, people that buy and sell energy in advance, and they only make money out of volatility. And so these markets are prone to speculation and fear and driving the price up and driving the price down. So they love nothing better uh, than a good excuse to do that. And a, and a war is a great excuse for that. You know, it's it's just a it's just a wrong way to sell things, in my opinion, because fossil fuels aren't costing more to get out the ground, and there is not a shortage of them, actually. So there's no reason for the price to have doubled overnight, for example. It's interesting that in the wake of all of this, I saw this headline that the United States are urging Russia to stay on track to fight climate change. And I didn't know whether to kind of just laugh <laughs> at this. I thought, is this, a, well, is this come out of viz 
this headline. That's just <laughs> distinct from one of our newspapers. I didn't even know Russia had begun the journey to fight climate change. <laughs> what makes me laugh is when you have countries like the US and Britain talking to Russia about how wrong it is to invade a foreign uh, a sovereign country. And I'm like, shit, have they forgotten about Iraq and, uh, and Afghanistan and Libya? You know? Yeah. It is interesting, isn't it, that that because we did this on the radio, obviously, uh, the last uh, 48 hours, we've, we've talked about nothing else. And um, time and time again, a lot of our listeners have picked up on exactly that point. And then to be even more controversial, some have got into Israel-Palestine yeah. uh, analogies yeah. as well, which yeah. are, you know, are, are not a mere hindrance to this discussion, but actually a fairly reasonable inclusion. Well, I, th- I think that's bang on. I mean, the Israelis have been in breach of UN, um, what do they call them, resolutions for like decades now. The one that says they've got to pull back out of Palestine, they refuse to do that. And, you know, how, how frequently is it every few months or every year or two, they invade what's left of Palestine, destroy everything and then leave again? Yeah. Here's a question from Chrissy on Twitter. Tell us more about your camper van to COP26, Dale. What have you got? Surely you aren't powering it only by solar power. I've just, you know, I've just made a Lego camper van, Dale. Oh, nice. Yeah, I just, just literally, I'm looking at it now. I've just completed this beautiful piece of artistic Lego kit. I'd like to think it's a big version. It's the old Volkswagen, you know, the classic camper van, you know, where the roof comes up a bit. Gotcha. So the one Four, seven bedrooms or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the one I've got is a classic Volkswagen, actually. It's a nice. T- T23 Synchro. Yep. Uh, so it's a four-wheel drive, which I was pretty keen to find. And yeah, it's being converted to electric at the moment. And I'm still trying to work out how to get enough solar panels on board to give it a meaningful charge. And the roof uh, area is just not big enough. It ended up, I was looking for a bigger van, but ended up with a little one. So I'm thinking about a trailer, tow a little trailer with some kind of pull out, fold out or roll out solar panels. And, uh, you know, something that give a few kilowatts of charge so that, yeah, yeah. you know, if you park up for maybe, I know, three or four days or something, maybe you could fill it up. That would be the ideal. And if it took a week, I don't think that would be so bad either. Can't you just go in your helicopter? <laughs> yeah, my solar-powered helicopter. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's even harder to find solar panel space on a chopper. Yeah, uh, but a little panel on each blade does look, you know, you can imagine that looking quite cool, even if it doesn't work very well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite right. Um, here's a headline which, I, I mean, again, something we've touched on many times, uh, but th- this, I suppose, has new resonance, bearing in mind what's happening with the energy markets and costs of living. And the headline that I saw uh, just a couple of days ago is from the BBC's environmental correspondent, Jonah Fisher, says, can the UK actually afford its net zero policies? And, of course, the promise for those who've been asleep is that uh, the government uh, has promised to get to net zero by 2050. Is it doable? Yeah, absolutely. We can afford it. It's totally doable. It really needs to be done before 2050, and it could be done before then. It's actually more economic to hit net zero sooner than it is later, and it's more economic to hit it at all than not hit it. Because fossil fuels, you know, they're they're not just getting more expensive. They're subject to this global volatility that we keep seeing almost every winter now. Uh, And renewable energy doesn't have to be that way. And every country in the world is blessed with the wind and the sun. They have enough to power themselves completely. And so this is a vision for the democratization of energy, actually, globally. You know, we can break the chains of uh, OPEC and Russian gas. And, and even the US, you know, I mean, they dominate the energy world, second biggest producer of gas in the world. Mm. I think they are all third, uh, you know, and we can free ourselves from all of that and sure. energy priced in dollars as well, which is a problem for every country in the world. You've got an exchange rate risk. But yeah, I mean, long story short, 
Getting to net zero is about creating a green economy, genuinely long-term, sustainable, good jobs, uh, strengthening every economy of the world, making us more us all more independent than interdependent, and um, and yeah, fighting the climate crisis. It's interesting because when you read into this story, this, uh, this this question of whether the UK can afford this, uh, it actually comes from a group called the Net Zero Scrutiny Group. Um, so I thought I'd dive into the Net Zero Scrutiny Group and see a bit more about what they were about. This is it a group of 20. Yeah. yeah, they are uh, clearly Net Zero sceptic, but they're also Euro sceptic because it's made up mm. of 20 Euro sceptic Tory MPs. Yeah, I saw that. They obviously won that battle, didn't they? Dragged us out of the EU. Now they're looking for something else to, well, fuck up, basically. <laughs> I think that's actually on their business cards. Um, <laughs> the manifesto. <laughs> what can we fuck up next, boys? <laughs> Mark says, back to your camp. There's a lot of interest in your camper van uh, this week as well. Mark says, love the sound of the solar panel camper van. Would you consider putting them into production? Also, are you going to fit your water treatment system into your van? I, I like that last question. Uh, I mean, the answer to the first question is no, um, not into production. But I, th- I think that we'll create a blueprint for this uh, particular model and I know of at least one other person that wants one if it works, so, but we're not going to put them into production. We'll just help other people. Uh, but the second question is really interesting. This water treatment device does look like uh, it, it would really suit camper vans, mobile homes, that kind of stuff. You know, when we, when we came up with the idea, it was for different reasons, really. We wanted to take houses off the water and the sewage grid, and that's what the device would do. But we've got it down to like uh, one cubic meter in size now to do an entire house. And it looks entirely feasible to me that we could make an even smaller one that would work in camper wow. vans and mobile homes and that kind of stuff. That's funny because that would never have come around had the camper van idea not come around. Uh, so <laughs> the, the principle was there that the application is now kind of – it's there rattling around as a different way of, uh, of utilising it. That's right. Life is like a chain reaction, isn't it? Sort of is, isn't it? Here's a headline we don't really want to read. Climate change is intensifying the Earth's water cycle at twice the predicted rate. This, of course, is rising global temperatures, which have shifted at least twice the amount of fresh water from warm regions towards the Earth's poles than previously thought, uh, because the water cycle intensifies according to new analysis. Does that make sense to you? Yes, really interesting, isn't it? There's doing that. And and you'd think, you know, um, if we're able to get hold of uh, the temperature rise and control it then it might not even be a bad thing because the fresh water could go to the pools and turn into the ice that has been melting for a few decades now uh, but that's a big if of course i don't think we are going to get hold of temperature rises uh, anytime soon or big enough but water is absolutely one of the big issues of the climate crisis i mean we're yeah. only just beginning to see it actually there are so many parts of the world facing water shortages uh, even now not just the developing world where we expect to see that, but, you know, places like California, uh, the U.S. West, actually. I mean, I've seen predictions that the West of the U.S. may have to be abandoned in the coming decades because they've got a chronic shortage of water. Like, I think it's uh, it's now the biggest drought in 1,200 years or something like that. To feed into that, just the other story of George Eustace, your favourite man, climate change could be good for British food, the Environment Secretary has told the National Farmers Union, he says climate change is going to mean that water scarcity becomes an issue in parts of the world and parts of the world that have good and most versatile agriculture land today may find it harder to produce crops in the future, he said. And that means that temperate regions of the world, including here in the UK, will find that there is a strong demand for the produce they grow. Wow. 
I, I was trying to work out, is he a genius or an arse clown? <laughs> He's not a genius. <laughs> That's outrageous. It was really. extraordinary stuff. So don't worry. It's going to be pretty bad over there in that country. And everyone's going to be gasping for a glass of water. But you, over here, your carrot requirements will be through the roof. That's mad. It's just mad and bad, actually, to see the world in that way. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's also kind of dumb as well, because there are going to be some incredible impacts of the climate crisis on our country as well. Yeah. Not least the tens of millions of uh, climate refugees that are going to be around the world. Um, but, but certainly our own environment is, is not going to be a great place. It reminds me of, um, of the people that used to say, I, I don't know if they still do, maybe somebody does, that global warming sounds quite nice. You know, <laughs> I wouldn't mind if it got a little bit warmer. <laughs> it's, it's that kind yes. of, you know, it's like, that. oh, we can grow grapes again in uh, yeah. Britain, you know? Well, somebody would always say, does that mean it's going to be like Marbella? And you'd think, <laughs> well, ki- yeah, kind of, but not for all the good reasons. Right. Without the bars and the yachts. <laughs> and the man selling the ice creams that the yeah other than that it's going to be fantastic yeah. uh, here's a final one from darren on twitter who says had any calls from the government this week about your green gas plan dale sounds even wiser now it does doesn't it actually uh you'd, you'd think wouldn't you that uh that a government that's worried about Russian gas, even if, uh, you know, they say we don't use it, we don't depend on it, Europe does. I mean, kind of overlooking the fact that we're interdependent when it comes to gas. And if if Europe suffered a chronic shortage of gas from Russia, that would have a knock on because we, we bring in gas from Europe. And well, we wouldn't be because they wouldn't have enough. But you think that at a moment like this, government would be saying, what can we actually do to make ourselves energy independent? And, uh, you know, maybe there's this great way we could make gas ourselves from grass and create 100,000 jobs in the rural economy, which is good for farmers, by the way. And, um, yeah, and do all those good things, but no. Well, we'll wait. Maybe this time next week that phone will ring or ping, Dale. (laughs) Yeah, no. I can't see that happening. (laughs) We all live in hope. Uh, That's it for this episode. Dale, we'll speak in a week. Brilliant. Thanks, Ian. See you later. Cheers. Don't forget, of course, to follow this podcast live from your podcast provider so that you get each new episode automatically. Leave a review there as well. And if you want to get in touch, uh, just email your comments, questions to zerocarbonista at ecotristy.co.uk. Really important bit is to follow Dale on social media, twitter.com slash dalevince, facebook.com slash dalevince. Zero carbon east off.